My name is Susie. I have three children, the youngest of whom struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. I never thought this could happen to me, and I miss the signs. Being a parent is really hard, but I'm here to help. I'm talking to other parents and experts to help you with the struggles that your kids may face. I want you to know that you are not alone and there is hope. I'm not a physician, therapist, or counselor. I'm just a mom. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain in them clouds that keep covering up the sun. This episode of the Just a Mom podcast is the second in a two-part series. If you have not listened to episode seven of season three, go back and listen to it before you start episode eight. Thanks again for listening to the Just a Mom podcast. Now here's the rest of my conversation with Courtney. When Lily was at the darkest, deepest part of her eating disorder, were you ever afraid you were going to lose her? You know, I don't think that was when I thought I was going to lose her. There's, there's still more story. The, uh, it, it scared me, but I think it scared us at the same time because I was at her doctor's appointments with her. So, uh, I think knowing her like I knew her and knowing how motivated she was to not be in those groups of, uh, and God bless the people that are in the groups, but some of them were, were probably not going to get better. And I'm not saying that Lily won't struggle too, but there were some of them that were, that had been there for years and years and years. Mm. And, uh, I think she so badly didn't want to be in a situation where she was going to continue to feel hopeless and, and wallow in it. And, um, and, and that's just her personality. I mean, there are plenty of things that better. she did. She did want to get better and she wanted to be able to use her brain and she needed her heart. I mean, like how is she going to do the two things she loves the most exercise and serve people or, you know, and be in school. She, she right. couldn't have done it. And that so, was, okay. that's not, that's not when I thought I was going to lose her. Mm. <laughs> Moving forward after Lily has dealt with her eating disorder and not that she wrapped it up in a nice little neat bow, put it aside and it was never a problem again, but she wanted to get better, went to treatment, gained healthy weight, was doing the things she needed to do to be healthy mentally and physically. She was also receiving attention from colleges, right? She was uh, her grades and she was running. Yes. So she got an invitation to um, run at the one and only school she really wanted to be in. And um, it was, it happened at the beginning of senior year. It was exciting. Uh, we went through the signing and all the fun stuff. Um, got to see the wall of wow, you know, the exciting stuff she might get to wear. And, uh, she, and she really loved track people or cross country, I guess I should say it's cross country. Um, because she's, she's slower on the track. Those long legs don't go so fast. They, they do much better in long distance. Um, and she, she loved, she loved cross country people. So it was, it was great. Um, she got in early decision. She got scholarship money. It was exciting. And, um, and she, and 
she was healing. She was uh, gaining her weight back. She was running without without starving herself anymore. Um, she did great in the in her you know local competition of the school of schools around here and then in the state and it was uh, it was fun. It was really fun. Um, and senior year was fun. She did really well. She was again maintaining her weight and. Um, prioritizing that, uh, she socially, just like always, you know, got to go to every dance, got to do, um, more sports, like with friends. And it was, it was good. Everything was good. Um, and then it was time to go to college and she, uh, she really made it easy for us to say goodbye for her, about her (laughs) college She started showing her patootie. Um, Again, wonderful at school, wonderful with friends, wonderful with everybody. But she started rebelling at home. And, you know, I I use that term loosely because I know we've we've been very blessed. But, you know, she would decide that she didn't like what we said and she'd just take off in her car. Now, where was she going? Target, you know. But... (laughs) But in our house, you, you know where you're allowed to go and you don't leave without telling us. And if you're punished, you know, there's a series of stuff, but she was ready to get out of there and we were ready for her to go. (laughs) And she had chosen Baylor and Baylor's in Texas. So she was big and brave and couldn't wait to get there. And she was going to be with her Christian people. And oh boy, nobody was more excited. Um, not that we didn't cry the minute we left her there because it was so far. But very much in Lily fashion again, she, before she even got to school, she had contacted the eating disorder uh, clinic on campus. And there was a plan there. And she had, uh, we had also gone and visit the coaches and stuff to talk about running cross country. And really maybe a week or two before school started, she said, I don't think I'm going to run country okay so we want to get the pros and cons and and the, really the reasons that she wanted to do it with her for the free clothes <laughs> and because, yeah and just because she didn't want to um and she wanted to run division one how fun is that and she didn't want to disappoint her coach mm. she loved that coach that coach was like a daddy um there are very few times in each of our children's lives where you feel like somebody's in that boat with you he was in the lily boat. Um, he, he was like another parent to her, just very kind, very supportive, great advice. Um, she, she's winning awards, and he, he just was angelic to her. Mm. Uh, the reason she didn't want to is that she really wanted to study medicine. She really wanted to join a sorority, and she really wanted to have a real college experience. So... And being a we went over. athlete is a huge commitment. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And, and wanting to eat in the nicer cafeteria might not be one of the best reasons to do that. <laughs> so um, we ended up helping her with a decision, but ultimately it was hers, and she decided not to. And there were times where I think she regretted it because she missed the camaraderie and she missed the competition. Um, but she ran on her own, and she 
uh, they had a great gym there and she had friends that she did stuff with and she did, uh, through her sorority, she did lots of, uh, intramural sports. So she still got a lot of that, but in order to, at that point, she wanted to go to medical school. Um, so she was, and (laughs) she wanted to get through Baylor in three years. So, yes. Yeah. So never would my husband and I have ever thought we would have said yes to that. However, her reasoning was she would like to have a gap year between the two, between starting medical school. So we were like, well, that actually does make sense as long as your grades are staying up. And they were. So, um, so she, she graduated from Baylor, what ended up being a year early. Um, and also ended up being 2020, the year of COVID. Um, (laughs) yeah, yes. So while she was there, great friends, great accountability partners, great roommates, um, just a a wonderful experience. She maintained her weight still. I mean, er everything was going beautifully. She had some, some awesome coping skills for, for those sort of things in place. Um, and then she met someone and by all accounts, oh boy, this, this fella had gone to Tanaka. This guy had, um, survived cancer. He was chasing her madly. He was in, you know, Bible study with her in a youth group or, you know, whatever was on campus. And boy, is that not the dream? Is that not what we hope for our kid or whatever? Um, and he pursued her hard and she, she's, you know, normally the one that if somebody asks her out, she'll be like, I'm not your girl. girl. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) She's like, ain't nothing ever going to happen. If I hold your hand, you're lucky. (laughs) So, uh, so, uh, and she was happy and and she was like it, it, in retrospect, there was a playbook. This fella had never had a girlfriend. This fella, um, pursued her hard and, and had a a list of ways that, you know, if he ever got a girlfriend, this is how he was going to get her. And, um, uh, I, I don't want to say anything ugly, but it it was a time where, uh, we went, we went to meet him. He was nothing like we thought she would have, uh, ended up with us. But I will say Lily's favorite verse has always been, uh, first Samuel 16, seven, that, um, that God doesn't look at man like man looks at man. God looks at the heart. So it made perfect sense that she had picked this awkward, uh, not quite as bright, uh, you know, never held a job. But I think, you know, we thought she sees something deeper. She sees something deeper than we did. Um, and he was very kind to her, uh, and, and very overbearing, but you know, I think it was attractive, right. To have somebody adore you so deeply. Um, so that didn't take long of it. This was her sophomore year and, um, he proposed to her, um, and there were so many signs that we missed that I, I wish that we had not missed. Um, and I think she was right for the picking too, like, you know, with her anxiety and with, uh, with her desire to be with somebody who was a believer. So, uh, and, and her belief that, that, uh, God would take care of everything. Right. Um, so it was, uh, again, just like with her 
brain hemorrhage, there were things that I think we didn't see along the way, and it wasn't till it was probably too late that we did see. Um, and she's very determined. So, uh, well, so she when was. Did he come to you and ask for her hand? How did that whole proposal he, go? He did. I, uh, he, they met when they were 19. She, she was 19. He was 20. Uh, they were engaged while she was 20. He was 21. Um, they were married at 21. Like a true, she was supposed to have a graduation ceremony that didn't happen the year early. So she graduated the same year as, as he did. Um, and then she was divorced by 22. And that's a, a quick wrap up of a hellacious, you know, many years. But uh, we, th there were so many signs now that we look back. His family was... Um, not quirky, cute, odd, but, but, but strange. They did not like her. Um, and we, again, I've got such a compassionate heart. Lily's got such a compassionate heart. I think we both thought we could save him. I thought, I thought I could save him from his family. Um, and the way they handled things, which were, which were very strange to our ways. They were believers too. So it, that, that made it even to me a little harder because I had never met such judgmental people. Um, I'd never met people, you know, who, who had lost touch with most of their family or because they blocked them out, um, who would search through Lily's trash can if she ever came to visit them. Um, because, uh, she would, she was, she's allergic to, or she does not do well with gluten or dairy. And they would find protein bars or whatever in her trash can and say, oh, she's a liar. She's, she's got way, there's way in here. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I can't make sense of it. It, it, re it required therapy for my husband and me as well, because we finally had to figure out how to put up boundaries there. I, I can't name you on one finger, somebody I don't like. Um, because you always figure out a way to um, accept and love. It was very, it was very difficult. Um, and I think we didn't want to punish him. So I had a lot more compassion for him because I thought, he can't help that he's grown up in this family. He can't help that his parents are like that. Um, negating to think, hey, wait a minute, but he was raised in this family and there are no improvements being made. Um, but I think Lily all along thought, well, I can help. I can help. Um, he, he, not just exaggerated, he, he would lie a lot. And um, I think she thought she was saving him. Like she was teaching him things, you know, like, oh, you, know, you, can't, you can't lie about that. Or a lot of things I think we ended up learning later. Uh, he, he was really good at portraying himself to be someone that he was not because, you know, he... I guess it had observed what normal things look like or typical things look like. And so he knew the right answers. Um, but Lily would hear none of it because the, the life of Christians hard, right? So, uh, she, she, she fought straight through that. She was, you know, helping him with therapy. She was going to therapy with him, uh, trying to work through his parental issues. Um, the mother was positive. She, she was trying to get between him and her. It was just a lot of strange things in retrospect where I wish we'd paid better attention. And I wish that the compassion that I showed 
I shouldn't say a stranger, but the compassion that I'd shown a stranger, I had more lavished on my daughter instead. But do you think at the time you saw that he was different, you said, or a little odd, but did you go to Lily and say, we have some significant concerns in here. This is what they are. I think my youngest did. My youngest daughter, Emma, did. Um, my Our son and his fiance really struggled. They'd never even met him. And they're like, this is hard. Um, this is not something that, you know, we think is right. We, we definitely had the thoughts of, you know, frontal lobes not being fully developed. There was a... I would say a gigantic immaturity, but on, on his part, I saw it on Lily's part. I saw it in that she'd not had many relationships. So I think she thought God has sent me a Christian. Um, the life of a Christian is not supposed to be hard. I mean, it's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. I'm going to love all the way through this. And you know, what are the right things to do? Oh, I'm going to seek out Christian advice. I'm going to seek out Christian therapy. I'm going, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, in retrospect, I wish that we had said, we pointed out a lot of the things. They, they knew that we, we finally had to put up a boundary where we couldn't speak to the parents anymore. And um, I think that should have been the biggest one, is that if you can't communicate with somebody, um and a Christian therapist was helping us too, saying, yeah, no. Um, and I think too, like I would offer advice. I didn't think he needed to be punished for his family, but I do think we needed to, to take into consideration that those were the people who raised him. Um, and that their manipulations and um, warped thinking were also going to be his. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I say this in praying they've gotten help, praying that they've, you know, that that they're healthy. I don't wish ill on any of them, but there were things I wish we had paid better attention to. Um, And those things became even more apparent once uh, they got married. And then it was COVID. And, um, And then leading up to the COVID, Lily had, Lily, who is graduating um, summa cum laude, her grades dropped the last three months of school to the point where she's graduating, you know, still, she's still graduating magna, but you're like, okay, school has always been mm-hmm. her deal. What's going on? Well, we, we blamed it on COVID. We're like, Oh, well it's COVID. She's, she's lonely. The, but she was the only one left there at school and he was the only one left there at school. And so I think some, you know, a lot of the manipulation and controlling had started then. And, uh, and she but by the time they were married, she was so weak. And I, I never thought I'd use that word for her because she is such a powerhouse. But she was so weak and so depressed and so anxious that I really think she thought that, that getting married was going to be the answer. You know, that that was going to fix everything. And it sure didn't. I, I would say by... Praise Jesus, the, uh, the wedding, the giant wedding we had planned had to be canceled. So it was just family and um, his family and our family. 
And even that was awkward. Like the, just, it was just so awkward and so weird. Um, and I knew that she would never be going there for Christmas. I knew she'd never be going there for Thanksgiving. Uh, I thought about what it'd be like if they had children, like how, so there was, there were a lot of things that I, I wish I had known, but there were a lot of things also that she wasn't telling us. Sure. And that, um, maybe, maybe wedding night into the next week, I think she knew, she knew that she had jumped into something that she should not have. And I think that, that for us was the biggest and hardest time because she wasn't her and I have never seen her, uh, less herself, more frightened, more, um, more chaotic. Uh, it, it was like her brain was on something. Um, and she, she was spinning and spinning and spinning. Um, and they were not here. They were in Texas. So it was, it became obvious to Jeff and me, again, we thought it was COVID. Um, but that, that something wasn't right. And then very quickly after that, we were pretty sure she needed to be inpatient because she was falling fast. Falling fast. Eating disorder, depression, anxiety. No, not the eating disorder. It was, um, I mean, I'm sure she was doing some of that, but the anxiety's always been her thing. The anxiety was full on depression at this point, like okay. hopeless. Um, and it was a terrible time to be in need of Yes. Uh, inpatient therapy or outpatient therapy or anything because because of COVID they had shut the numbers and you know the numbers were in half so we were on lists in Texas a couple of places in Texas a couple of places here in North Carolina and um, finally I think it was maybe on Jeff's 50th birthday we were in Seaside Florida and we got a phone call that there was an opening for her and so I hopped on a plane she hopped on a plane it was here in Charlotte. We got her in inpatient and, um, she wanted to go and she didn't want to go. You know, like I think she knew she needed to be in there because it, she just could not handle life. Um, and a lot of things were happening meanwhile that we didn't learn about, uh, until maybe six, eight, 10, 12 months later. Things were happening in her marriage. Yes, that we, that I think she had a lot of shame and fear of because those were things that she didn't, I think she saw the line beforehand, but she didn't see the, sort of on a dime, the 180 of um, all that pursuing and stuff turned into more, um, a lot of anger, a lot of, um, I don't want to go into detail, but stuff that, that my strong, badass daughter I would never have thought would have put up with, but it was the perfect, you know, house of cards. <laughs> she, she was down. She was, um, she was down. She was desperate. She needed help. He was the only one she was around. Um, but it was, it was not good. It was pretty. And it took us a while before we figured all that out. And I credit her being impatient for, she's impatient for maybe five, five to seven days 
and then ended up doing intense outpatient like all day long. And we knew we were blessed to, to have gotten her in there. And, uh, and I think it was scary for her. They take your shower curtains. They take your door. They take your, uh, and, and those were the times where I started to think, uh, um, could she, could this become a suicidal situation? Um, still thinking it's COVID, not realizing that it had everything to do with the marriage and very little to do with COVID. And she was still married at this point, right? She's still, she's still married and so, it's very quick. She got married in May and this was June. Yeah. So she went downhill um, quickly fast. and she was still communicating with you. He had not cut her off from right. communicating with you. Is that correct? No. She was still communicating with us. Um, she was trying to get her hours for PA school at this point because she's decided she had decided she really wanted to have a relationship with patients. So maybe PA was the right. So she was trying to get hours, but yes, she was still communicating with us, whether it was while she was on a run, it was not usually with him, but when she was on a run, when she was going to work, um, meanwhile, he's, he was not working for a month. I mean, for, for that summer, um, and sort of living off of her, which, you know, we didn't think was that odd because, right, you support each other when you're, um, but there was no reason he couldn't have a job. It was just, again, like another thing you, we could look back at later and see, uh-oh, uh-oh, maybe that was a sign. Maybe that was another sign. Um, but she, we ended up getting her back here, which ended up being a huge blessing because then we could... Uh, see her and visit her. They were they allowed more phone calls. Where I think typically in an inpatient situation, they do not. But because of COVID, they did. And I, I was frightened. She she would cry all night long. She, we would have phone calls from her all night long. Um, it finally got to the point where I never thought I would do this, but where I had to have to just turn my phone off in the middle of the night sometime because I was failing with her. You know. Um, and I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do either. Mm. Um, but I knew she was where she needed to be. And I, I had spent the, you know, the month or month and a half, month, I guess it was a month, month and a half before she got in. I had spent all that time researching places, talking to, um, parents, people who were either psychiatrists or psychologists or, uh, referred me to people. And this was always the place they recommended. Mm. Um, she ended up there, you know, it, boy, I learned a lot. And I'm, I think we just talked about it earlier in the last episode that I'm, I'm learning to appreciate being wrong and learning that I can learn something new. I really thought that, you know, oh gosh, well, if we, if we do all these steps, everything's going to be okay. She ended up, and I thought she would be with all people her age. She was not. She was with an investment banker. She was with a mom. She was with, you know, children that I, children, everybody's a child to me, but, uh, she was with kids that I'm not sure will ever make it out alive, you know? So it was very eye opening to her, eye opening to us. Um, and then I ended up seeing later too, oh my goodness, it makes sense that they're not just with kids their age. Yeah. They're with kids their age. So she sees some of that, but how much did that mother feed into my daughter while she was there and telling her that she thought she was the most compassionate person she knew? even though the other lady was a mom, the investment banker, you know, saying, I have struggled with this, 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 and this, and I'm 50, whatever. And you're 21. There's still a chance for you. Good for you for doing the work now. So there were a lot of affirmations that we couldn't have given her no matter how much we loved her. 
um, from home and how, how well-intentioned we were and how much we, it, it was good. She had an amazing therapist there that was a man that cussed nonstop. And that's not really our home MO, but it was entertaining to her. And it was so healthy for her because I think a lot of suppressed stuff that she had, she would, she was able to spout out, you know, and she was able to be honest with him in a way that she couldn't be with us and she couldn't be with any other therapist and she couldn't be with any other Christian. So it was, it was very, very healthy, very, very good. And she made friends in there when, once she was finally out and some of the other kids were out and she was in, in, uh, outpatient. Uh, that was some of my favorite times, by the way, cause I drive her there and I drive her back and we have great conversations and, um, she'd invite them all over and it would be a, you know, a modge podge, motley crew of just awesome people. And I, I, we loved it. We loved that they were in our house, just like I loved it when Bible study was being in our house when they, the kids were little. I loved it. Um, gay by trans fluid, you know, whatever was here, loved it. And she loved it too. And I think it was so eye-opening for her too. Um, because so many times we are judgmental, right? And she learned so much. Um, and, and we could see the light starting to come back in her eyes. She was an outpatient for about six weeks. Um, and it took a while, but little by little, old friends, roommates, our family started seeing, and it happened so slowly, you know, so we didn't notice how much she was not her anymore, how much the light had gone out. Um, and just a little by little, watch her come back, watch her personality come back, watch her, her funny, quirky, sarcastic humor come back. Um, just her lighting back up. So it was, I, I would say that was a very positive experience. We, um, we allow our children to give money to wherever their causes are and every year. And Lily forever has sent money to KU Med because the, the nurses and doctors there were so incredible to her. And, and now she does to Hopeway. Hopeway is a place here in Charlotte that is just amazing. We know we were lucky to get her in. Um, but I could see her going back to volunteer. You know, just it was it was good stuff. And she's still friends with plenty of people. Of course she is. That doesn't surprise me at all. And where was her husband during this time? Was he on a plane to Charlotte to be uh, with her? He, he, we would fly him. His, his yeah, not talk about his parents anymore. But anyway, I wanted to be his parent. I wanted to save him, you know. So we did a lot. We do it. We did a lot for him. Um, and and I don't regret doing that because if it was meant to be, that's how I would have treated any of my children's spouses. Um, but we would fly him in some, and it was interesting to watch how the lower she was, the more she needed to have him come visit, and then the healthier she got, the more she started to recognize the manipulation and the, um, I don't want to use the word abuse, but it, it, because it wasn't, it wasn't typical, but there was a lot of mental stuff going on. Um, and the, the more I, we started to realize, oh my God, her, the longer she's away, the more she's becoming her, the healthier she's getting the, so, uh, their therapist had recommended three months separation, um, without contact so that they could, uh, not go back into old habits. And, uh, 
still at this point, I'm not sure Jeff and I knew that the marriage was over. We really thought again, it was COVID um, or immaturity or whatever. Uh, but it became very apparent the, the longer she stayed with us um, and the more she started to share about what was happening in her COVID apartment um, when they were just the two of them together. Mm. Um, so anyway, not, not trash talk, not to badmouth that family. I'm sure they are wonderful in a million different ways. And um, it just was not a good fit for my baby. Uh, and, and it was hard because we don't have divorce in our family. That was never something she had intended. Um, I know she felt a lot of shame and, oh, shame is such an ugly, ugly, ugly thing. Um, but little by little, going on walks with her, Jeff and I would, and talking to her and saying, why would you stay? Why would you not stay? And the reasons to stay were because she didn't want to hurt his feelings or she didn't want to make him feel bad about himself or, you know, God didn't like divorce, things like that. And, um, it finally got to the point where, you know, we were talking earlier about how people will say some hurtful things. I also had some crazy, awesome women who were either a in bad marriages who wished that they had been strong enough to do something sooner or women who were just getting out of bad marriages, you know, after a series of children in their our age. And I had several of those women just say, oh, you should be so proud of her. You should be so proud of her and remind me too that God loves Lily so much more than he loves an institution of marriage. Um, so anyway, there, there were just as many affirmers and, um, but you still don't want that for your baby, right? Sure. And we didn't want it for her either. Child. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But, um, she was having panic attacks. I was having panic attacks. But it was such a beautiful thing that she she taught me coping skills. I never learned those growing up. Don't know if you did. Um, I never learned boundaries. She taught me a lot of those things as she would go through this program. She had a fabulous notebook. And, boy, I'd pour over it with her afterwards and go, oh, oh, oh. You know, uh, God doesn't call us to be a mat. God, you know, just so many things that I didn't didn't probably know beforehand and I will say that she, she took me through her health journey with her because she was so good about sharing and being vulnerable. Um, and is she going to struggle? Yeah, she's going to always struggle. I've, I've reached the point where I know that I'm going to always struggle. Uh, but she, she wants to help other people with the things that she's gone through. And I think that's the best thing you can do with something like this. Like God doesn't put us through this junk not to be vulnerable and share and try to help somebody else out. And so, um, I was her first project (laughs) and I learned that I I got stronger too. Mm. So where the two of us would initially, you know, try to take an ice bath or jump in our freezing cold pool, um, in the middle of winter to shock ourselves out of panic attacks, you know, little by little, we learned other techniques and other ways of doing Mm. it. Um, so much so that I really wish uh, you know, I'm, I bet the day will come, but I really wish that all of our kids weren't taking every form of math and every form of art and every form of English and, you know, and maybe we're learning some of these things at school. I mean, I know we need to teach them to them as parents, but not everybody can do that. Not everybody has that skill, but boy, we all need coping skills. We all need boundaries. Um, and, and we're not taught them. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's that's my 
47 cents. <laughs> well, and I think that that's a good 47 cents. And it's something that I've talked to several parents about on the podcast is, you know, working toward getting more mental health education in schools. And there's some incredible organizations that are doing that, at least around here. And I know in other parts of the country too, but at what point you know, does the education system itself incorporate that as correct? Yeah. I think that's what you're, am I correct in that yeah. what you're trying to you, say? You are, you are right. I mean, I, I, I wish it were there because I think there are so many things there that our kids aren't getting and I'm not so worried. I'm not, as after having situations like this, I'm not so worried about kids not learning calculus three exactly. as much as I am. Like, what's going to make you a good human? What's going to help you? There's, there, there's just not enough mental health education or help, or I do love that the stigma is leaving, but uh, I, I do think there's got to be more conversation about it. And I think, dang, I think, I think therapy would be great for all of us. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, it, whether you've grown up with trauma or not, there are, there are things we need to know. Yes. And and not just the listening kind, like the, the ABA, the, uh, you know, CBT, the, the, all the ways that we can be taught, uh, you know, different ways of doing things that, uh, that will improve our lives immensely. Right. And make us better parents, make us better people. When Lily finished the treatment, the outpatient treatment, uh, had she at that point decided that she was going to file for divorce? Did that come a little bit later? That took a while. Okay. And that, that took probably another several months past the, um, because she probably got out of treatment in September and she went back and lived there okay. and tried um, from September to December. Oh. We were with them at Christmas. Um, we sent our dog to go live with her mm -hmm. because that was her light and her love and her help. Mm -hmm. um, she would work her fanny off for the hours to, to get into PA school. Um, and then I think it was probably around Christmas when she, we were, we were all together and they, they separated us and he talked to me and she talked to her daddy and just said, I think we're going to try this three months. I'm going to come home. And, um, she knew she was welcome here and she worked from here as well. And, uh, cause she's not letting grass grow under those, those feet. Uh, but it, it was good. And, and it was really, a, you know, just like all during COVID, there were times we had each of our children back and what a what a gift, you know, sorry about that dog. Um, what a gift that we had at time with each of those kids. Mm -hmm. uh, because it, it, we really, because of Lily's situation and probably because of COVID, nothing was off the table. And I've even heard my youngest child recently talking to adults, um, three adults that I'd gone to college with that didn't know my youngest daughter and their children were interested in going to her college. And they asked about what had been going on. And she said, you know, um, I, I wish that she hadn't gone through that, but there is absolutely nothing we can't talk to our parents or our family mm -hmm. about now. Right. And I thought open before, yeah. you know, uh, but but she's like, there's nothing. Yeah. There, you know, no judgment, no, no doubt that they're going to be with us. No doubt that, and, and I noticed too that they they tell each other stuff too, one another. You know, like 
and they're happy to tell, you know, maybe it's not always our business to do this, but they're happy to even tell their aunt or their uncle when they're not dating somebody that they think is worthy of them or, you know, um, <laughs> maybe we've gotten too brave, but well, there were so many things we wish we hadn't said, we wish we had said. So now we, you say it now we do. Yeah. The themes that I have heard you talking about in our, in our conversations in these, in this two part episode are that the mental health issues are, have been lifelong, basically. True. The support that you have given your child has been lifelong as well. I hope, I, you know. <laughs> but she is my buddy, you know, like you, you, you can't spend that much time with someone. And, and she's an adult now. She's 24. Yeah. And um, I'm proud as hell of her. She is, she is strong and she's a fighter and, and I know she's going to do something with all this. And the last thing that I would say that I've heard is that she always wanted to get better when she was at her lowest with whichever issue that she was struggling with at the time, she wanted to get better. Would you say that that's correct? I would say that was correct. Uh, and I also know that that is a gift that not every parent has. And I, I don't take that lightly. And I, I did want to get back to the fact that I have such sympathy for parents with children who, um, do have suicidal ideation. Uh, I recall being in high school myself and feeling that some, so, um, so I, I know how real that is. And I, and I do know, we tell Lily this all the time too, your, your brain can be your greatest, greatest attribute and your worst enemy. And um, she can't shut it off. She cannot shut that thing off. Um, so it really does take techniques and, and therapy and new ways of learning to distract and learning to cope and learning to, to make it work for you because it's, it, it's not, not naturally going to do that. Um, and we did have a time that I, I had alluded to earlier when she was out of therapy. She, I mean, she was home, she out of, out of, uh, inpatient, she was home and it was my husband's and my anniversary. So we decided to stay in a hotel one night. Now, the idea was that she was going to come and swim in the pool with us at the hotel. We were staying here in town. Um, she was going to come have dinner with us, maybe watch a movie at the hotel. Um, and again, these are COVID times, so it was a big gift to get to go anywhere and get out. We would have drinks by the pool. Um, she decided, she kept putting it off, putting it off. So by the time it was bedtime, she had decided, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. Now, we did have a little, mm, should we let her do that while well, she's just going to sleep? The next morning, we could not get her on the phone. And we couldn't get her on the phone. And we couldn't get her on the phone. And it is the only time that I have, I, I thought I understood, but that was the only time I really understood what it would be like for a parent um, 
with a child who struggles with suicidal thoughts because we had a, and it was only 30 minutes, Susie, but we jumped into our car, every, left everything at the hotel and rushed back to the house, having conversations out loud with one another saying, when we get there, we will probably be too late, you know? So, um, that, that chokes me up in my heart because I only suffered that one time and it was, it was heartbreaking because we ran into the house not knowing where we would find her in the house, not knowing what would have happened. Um, and probably pretty sure that she would have, it, it would have been over with. And there's plenty of things in this house. I mean, we don't have guns, but there's plenty of things in our house. Um, that she could have done. And I know we scared the living daylights out of her because she, she admitted she was to stay up too late. She had struggle sleeping. She still struggles to sleep. Um, and she was okay, but praise God. But, but I, it gave me a whole new sense of, of what that, what, what that is like for other people whose children struggle with mental health issues yep. and, and the knowledge that you can't, I mean, I, I hear you and several of your guests talk about, uh, you know, staying with your child, following your child, but you can't, I don't care how hard you can't, if you try, you cannot be with that child 100% of the time, regardless of your efforts, regardless of your intentions. Um, so I, I know it was a gift that that was not our situation, but mm, I, 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 I feel it for every, every mother and because you pour everything into your children. And I just, uh, the, the thought that you pour all that in and you love them so hard and that, that you could still lose them. It's just, it's, it's gotta be a, a daily hourly give it up. I think it is based on my personal experience. Right. For sure. I can't speak for everyone, but yeah. And I don't think that that fear ever really leaves you. I, I can't imagine it does because you have to trust that he's gone on and he's growing and you, you have to hand it over to God over and over and over and over again. And I know your baby. I mean, I've known your baby since he was a baby and I know his personality, you know? Yep. Uh, and we, I think so often we assume that when somebody has, somebody struggles with their mental health or that they have a certain personality. These are bright kids. These are funny kids. These are personable kids. These are kids that you may not even know is struggling or struggling with things. Um, and it's so often the case that we don't know what's going on in somebody's head. We don't know what's going on in somebody's heart. Exactly. Courtney, we've got to be sweet to one another. Yes. Is there, Courtney, is there anything that I have not asked you that you want to bring up? No. The only other thing I thought of it was that uh, you, at one point, I'd heard, I've heard you ask people how it affected their family. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd be remiss in not saying that it was, it's, it's been hard for our other two kids too. You know, childhood probably more so, but um and it's hard on a marriage, 
you know, regardless of the fact that you're on the same team. It, it's hard. It is hard. Um, but I know they love their sister. I know that they are glad that she's healthy right now. I know that they, they are glad she's on a path uh, to, to being what she's supposed to be. And um, But I, you know, I, I do hope that eventually she will find whatever it is that she needs uh, to live this life healthy and happy and, um, and to know she's to know that she's worthy. And she is in PA school. She's second, second year. Yep. She's in clinicals right now. And so she's getting ready to go. She gets to go in operating rooms and there are definitely things she loves and doesn't love, but (laughs) I think that's probably how it's supposed to be. Guess what she loves? Um, she probably loves surgery. She loves orthopedic surgery. <laughs> yes. And you know who, who might have started her? Like I give credit to, uh, to, to Dan Gurley. He, he started her early on that. <laughs> well, she would be a wonderful orthopedic PA. She'll be a wonderful PA no matter what field she goes into. I, I think she will, too. She's got a real heart for a Hispanic community, so she wants to do a lot with that, too. So We will see. She's an amazing young woman, and... Precious, an incredible story and life that she has lived in in her short twenty four years, and I know she's going to make an impact and help. But she already is. And I I pray that and you. She 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 was like that since she's been little. She would start charities and she would, um, you know, she she always wanted to serve and give. You know, it's funny to say, but I I now feel like I'm teaching her more. Um, She's, she's always going to have that in her, but to look out for her too, you know, <laughs> make sure she gets what she needs as well. Right. It's the analogy of the airplane. If the oxygen. Absolutely. Down, you can't help the person next to you if you don't have yours on already. And I've used that analogy many times in the mental health arena. Yeah. And I think. Right. And we need to know that as moms too, right? <laughs> exactly. We have, we've got to take care of ourselves when we're parenting these kiddos with these challenges, because it's hard to take care of somebody if you are in bad shape yourself. Amen. Well, Courtney, I can't thank you enough for being willing to share your story and being just vulnerable and honest with all of the different facets uh, of your life and your daughter's life and your family's life. So thank you again for sharing with us on the Just a Mom podcast. I love you, Susie Gurley. I'm so proud of what you're doing. Thank you, Courtney. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideation, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share this with your friends and anyone you think may find these interviews helpful. Thanks again for listening to Just a Mom.